Ezekiel 37 from verse 1 to verse 14. Ezekiel chapter 37. I read from verse 1. Ezekiel 37, I read from verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, it's been shown on the screen. If you have a Bible, make sure you open it. So that when the screen is not there, you don't look for Ezekiel near Genesis. Amen. Amen. Are we ready? Ezekiel 37 from verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5. Thus said the Lord God unto thee, bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into thee, and ye shall live. Verse 6. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring off flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus said the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus said the Lord God, Behold, my people, I will open your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, verse 14, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live. I shall place you in your own land. Amen. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. Saith the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We all know this story very well. The value of dry bones. This morning, the topic I'm going to start, because I don't think we're going to finish it, but it's, a, it's what I call the principles of restoration. What did I say? The principles of restoration. There's a process in the birth and the progress of a child in the womb that is called ossification. 
We are told ossification is the process whereby bones are initiated, they are formed, and they grow until they stop growing. This process starts the third month of conception in human beings. And it continues on to adolescence. In other words, up to adolescence, the bones are still what? They are still growing. They are still maturing. They are still growing to fulfill their purpose. And those of us who are familiar with the biological process know fully well that if the bones are not properly formed, it's not only that the person will be deformed, the process of life will be challenged. Why? Because the Bible says the life of the flesh is where? It's in the blood. And the Bible, I mean, we are made to understand that the red blood cells are formed where? In the bone marrows. The red blood cells are formed in the bone marrows. And for, to remove any other of doubt, bone marrows are found in the bones. <laughs> Amen. Amen? So when the bones are not properly formed, life is challenged. But you see, in the case of these individuals, in the passage that we have read, the bones were formed, life was at work, but there came a point in time that life was no longer in these bones. These bones were not even fresh. The Bible says the bones were what? They were dry. They were not just dry. They were how dry? Very dry. The bones were very dry. No liquid in them, no life in them. So men have given up hope. Men have said, well, these are not dead bones. We cannot even go and call a prophet to come and pray for adventure. There will be life. These bones are dry. The flesh is gone. The flesh is rotten and gone. This is pure death. Then God came to Ezekiel and asked him a question. Can these bones live? And he's asking that somebody here that same question today. Can these bones live? What is that situation in your life that looks impossible? Because, brethren, is there anything more impossible than bones that are very dry, taking on life? But he's saying unto you, like he said unto Ezekiel, can these bones live? And your answer, tell somebody your answer. Your answer will determine what God does next. He's asking you, can these bones live? We're talking about the principle of what? Restoration. And the first principle of restoration, brethren, is that restoration is initiated by God. What did I just say? Restoration is initiated by God. The Bible says the Lord went unto Ezekiel. Ezekiel did not go to him. God went unto him, took him in the spirit. To the valley of dry bone. Because God wanted to do a new thing. Amen. And I know there's someone here today, God wants to do a new thing in your life. Amen. That's why you are here. God wants to do a work of restoration in your life. And he has brought you here and he will perfect it in Jesus' name. Amen. Restoration is initiated by who? By God. That's very important. That's why the book of Psalms chapter 115. Psalm 115 verse 3. Psalm 115 verse 3. It says, But our God is in the heavens. 
He had done what? Whatsoever he had pleased. And I pray for someone here today. It will please God. Amen. I said to please God. Amen. I said to please God. Amen. To give back to you all that you have lost in Jesus' name. Amen. Because our God does whatsoever he pleases. It doesn't matter what pastor thinks. It doesn't matter what your parents think. It doesn't matter what your siblings think. Because if it were left to the siblings of Joseph, would he have fulfilled divine purpose? They wanted to kill him. In fact, they thought he was dead. When they eventually stood before Joseph 13 years later, they said, we are 12. And one is no more. In other words, they were telling Joseph that, Joseph, you are dead. Tell somebody, thank God for Jesus. Our God is in the heavens. And he does whatsoever he pleases. It will please him to give you full restoration today in Jesus' name. Restoration is initiated by God. You know what, brethren? In the book of Genesis, the Bible tells us that man sinned. Man did what? Sin. Man sinned. And God drove man out of the Garden of Eden. But do you know the day that man sinned, God began the process of restoration. Hallelujah. The day God drove man out of that garden, he began the process of bringing him back into a more beautiful garden. Because brethren, no matter how beautiful the Garden of Eden was, there is a more beautiful garden in heaven. How many will make it? You will make it in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will make it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God spoke to the devil. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. Your seed, he said, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. And thou shalt bruise his heels. God, right when he was declaring judgment upon the devil, was initiating restoration. And that tells me something about someone here today. You are even condemning yourself. It's not that somebody is condemning you. What are you doing? You are condemning yourself. But God is telling you, I will restore. Amen. Somebody does not believe that. Amen. I said, God is telling you, I will restore. Amen. Even though you are condemning yourself. When you go on, brethren, when Jesus came in the book of John, the Bible says Jesus in Jerusalem was preaching. And in John chapter 3, verse 16, he made a statement. We all know that passage very well, right? John 3, 16, what does he say? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but do what? Have everlasting life. Brethren, it was the continuation of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God brought sent his son into the world, Jesus Christ, to complete the work of restoration. And in Genesis chapter 19, Jesus went to the cross. He gave it all, brethren. He gave it all. In verse 28, the Bible says, after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. John chapter 19, verse 28. John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus knowing that what? All things. How many things? All things. All things. We are now accomplished. That the scripture might be fulfilled. He said, I thirst. And when you go to verse 30, 
When you go to verse 30, they gave him vinegar. When they are taking it, he made a statement. He said, it is finished. Tell somebody, it is finished. Jesus knew that all things were accomplished. He knew that he had fulfilled purpose. He knew that he had fought the battle for you. That's why he has fought the battle for me. Not only did he fight the battle, he won. He won. He won. Are you excited? Yes, Tell someone he won. He won. Because of me. Because of me. He fought the battle. He went to the cross. He knew all things were accomplished. Then he said, it is finished. What are your struggles this morning? What are the things you are contending with? Jesus is still saying today, it is what? It's finished. He's still saying today, I have done it. And brethren, the Bible says, let all men be liars. But let what? Let God be true. If the Lord is telling you it is finished, he means it. It is finished. And I speak to somebody's life here today. Your problems are over. Amen. I speak to somebody's life here today. Your terrors are over. Amen. I speak to somebody's life here today. The valley of poverty is terminated in your life. Amen. Maybe someone has told you you will not see the end of this year. I want to give you an assurance. Except the rapture takes place. You will see the end of this year. Amen. You will see many more years. Amen. I said you will see many more years. Amen. Glory is purposed for you. Amen. That's what the glory. Glory is purposed, is purposed for, me. for me. And you will attain it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus Christ went to the cross. He said, it is finished. When he rose up on the third day, the Bible tells me in John chapter 20, from verse 15 to verse 17, that some, I mean, women came to the sepulchre. They came, they wanted to beautify a dead body. But they found out that Jesus was risen. Tell somebody he is risen. risen. And he appeared unto Mary. But Mary saw Jesus. Mary did not recognize Jesus. Because there had been a divine transformation. Do you know that God is divinely transforming somebody's life here today? It's a short while. Some people you know, the next time you see them, they will be asking, is it you? I'm not sure. Is it you? Why? Because the you they expect is not the you they are seeing. Because the you they are seeing is a better you. Tell somebody it's a better me. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Mary stood before Jesus. She was weeping. Jesus Christ said unto her, why are you weeping? And she talked to him. She didn't recognize. She said, ah. She thought he was a gardener. That's what the Bible says. Say, if you have taken him from here, tell me where you have put him. Where is my Lord? Where have you put him? Oh, but there was something unmistakable. When Jesus said, Mary. He will call your name today. Amen. I said he will call your name today. Amen. The moment he said, Mary. Oh, she knew it was Jesus. I'm telling someone here today, Jesus is here. Yes. And he's here because of you. Amen. 
But where I'm going, the Bible says she turned herself and said, Rabboni. In other words, she said, Master, so it's you. I knew you were dead. Now I know you are alive. And she was going to hug him. But this one is just, he said, touch me not. Touch me not. It's not yet time for you to touch me. Because I must go unto my father and who? Your father. Do you realize now? His father is your father. Your father is my father. True or false? I need to go to your father. Why did he need to go to the father? Because brethren, the blood of sacrifice still needed to be taken to the throne of grace. The Bible makes us to understand that when there was animal sacrifice, the high priest on one day, how many days? One day day in the year, that day of atonement, I believe, would take that blood of sacrifice into the Holy of Holies to present the blood, to atone for the sin of all. If you go to Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, from verse 7 to 8, Verse 7 to 8. You see a description of what the high priest does. But I'm going to read from verse 11. 7 to 8, you can put it down. I mean, uh, but I'm going to look at verse 11. It says, But Christ, that's what about Christ. Being come a high priest of good things to come, by a great and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Go to verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by what? By By what? By his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. When Mary, when Jesus stood before Mary, he had not yet taken that blood into the throne of grace. He said, don't touch me yet. Let me complete this assignment. But brethren, he has done it now. I say he has done it now. Remember we are discussing restoration is initiated by who? God initiates restoration. That's why the Bible says, when we were yet sinners, what happened? Christ died for us. The, The restoration is already initiated. Not only initiated, it's perfected. He has given us an access that we don't deserve. That is the essence of the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary. During the time of Joel, during the time of Joel, when God wanted to complete a work of restoration, after the locust invasion, which impoverished the land, the Bible says, God sent a word to the people of Judah in Joel chapter 2 from verse 12. Joel chapter 2 from verse 12. He sent a word to the people of Judah. Say, therefore, also now, said the Lord, turn ye to me with all your hearts. With what? And with fasting. And with weeping. And with mourning. In other words, he said, I sent the locusts into your land. The locusts came and devoured. But I've got better plans for you. Tell somebody God has better plans for me. 
As you mean, say, God has better plans for me. God has better plans for me. Now, because you are not selfish, tell your neighbor, God has better plans for you. God has it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. So he said, rend your hearts with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garment. Turn to the Lord your God. God sent a message to his people. He said, turn unto me because I want to initiate a process of restoration in your situation. Isn't the Lord good? In other words, I've heard your prayers. Amen. But you need to pray more. I'll tell somebody I will pray more. I will pray more. Because brethren, it is not over until it what? Until it's over. You don't begin to relax because things are getting better. Because whatever state things are, they could still be better. Yes. And I'm telling someone here today they will be better. Amen. I'm telling someone here today that beyond better is what? Best. Beyond better is best. The best is yet to come for you. Amen. Somebody does not believe that. Amen. I said the best is yet to come for you. Amen. But do you know the good news? The best is on its way. Amen. For someone here today, the best is on its way. Amen. And you will attain it in Jesus' name. And then God began to make some declarations concerning the children of Israel in that Joel chapter 2. If you look at it from verse 15 to 27, we're not going to read it, but I'm just going to highlight a few things. In verse 21, it says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Tell somebody, fear not. Be glad. Rejoice. Rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. Now you are going to put your name. You know I jumped old land there. Now you put your name. You are talking to yourself. I will give you an example. Fear not. For learning Abraham That's my name in case you don't know. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things in my life. Is somebody with me this morning? Does anybody want to say that concerning himself or herself? Open your mouth and say it. Put your name down. Fear God for Larry Akinshola. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things for me. The Lord will do great things for who? For me. For who? For me. If you don't want it, just say for you, Pastor. And I receive it. The Lord will do great things for you in Jesus' name. I say He will do great things for you in Jesus' name. When you go to verse 26 and verse 27, there's a passage I love that those two verses very well. Because, brethren, there are times it looks as if the heaven will fall. But I want to give you an assurance. Because you are a child of God, because you are here today, the heavens will not fall. Amen. I said the heavens will not fall. Amen. Because the Bible says you are hid in him. In who? In Christ. He said, you shall eat in plenty. Amen. Somebody doesn't like that prayer. Amen. He says, you shall eat in plenty. Amen. And be satisfied. Amen. And praise the name of the Lord your God. Amen. That has dealt wondrously with you. Amen. In other words, God will deal wondrously with you. Amen. And the one I love the most. And my people. Yes. And who? My Shall what? Never. Shall never be ashamed. Amen. Tell somebody you will never be ashamed. You will never be ashamed. 
Because the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. Tell the person, I will never be ashamed. No matter what happens, brethren, I want you to take note of the word of the Lord. Because our God is a God of restoration. Because he has initiated restoration. Because you are here today, you will never be ashamed. Amen. I say you will never be ashamed. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. God initiates restoration. However, brethren, we can play a part in it. We can do what? We can play a part in it. We know Psalm 127. Psalm 127 from verse 1. It says, except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that built it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waked but what? In vain. It is vain to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrow, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. God must build for you to build profitably. God must build for you to build successfully. If God does not initiate restoration for you, you just see that you are walking in cycles. Maybe you've been walking in cycles and you are here today. Receive your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, receive your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells us, makes us understand that we can get God involved. We can bring down the hand of God to do what He wants to do through our prayers and steps of faith in worship and in giving. So restoration is initiated by God. But you can make God, you can catch God's attention. You can do what? You can catch divine attention. You can tell God, I'm here. And he will see that you are here. And he will know that you are here. And he will begin to do something concerning you. You will catch his attention today in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will catch his attention today in Jesus' name. Amen. Because in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, Jeremiah 33 verse 3, he says, call unto me, and I will do what? Is God speaking of? Is that not a very simple statement? Call unto me, and I will do what? So the reason he has not answered you is because what? You have not called. Many of us are good at complaining. Am I the only one in the world? It's from one problem to the other. Oh, yesterday it is school fees. Oh, today there's no food, there's even no food to eat. And one complaint after the other. Oh, it's my mother-in-law. Oh, it's my father-in-law. Oh, it's my sister-in-law. Am I the only married person? They won't even allow me to rest. Some people will give everything to be in your situation. One complaint after the other. But we have refused to do what? Call upon him. Why don't you stop murmuring? Stop complaining. And just focus on who? Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Call upon him. Look at what the Lord is saying here. Call unto me. I will answer thee. The Bible says, ask and what will happen? You shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, the door shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. Call unto me, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. And I believe God is talking to some students here today. 
call unto me, I will answer you. I will show you things that you know not. Doesn't that apply to students? You, you get to the classroom and the lecturer is teaching algebra. And the man is writing A upside down. And you are wondering what is wrong with him. But the only thing is that you just understand what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. God says you should call unto him. And he will answer you. He will do what? If the Lord is your source, brethren, there are testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies of God answering students that call unto him. Not lazy students, though. Not students that refuse to read, though. Students that study, that read in their own way. Do you know some people, have, they are very studious, they are very hardworking, but it is called, there's something called wasted effort. Have you heard that before? They will read a book from page 1 to page 1,000. But what happens? They are reading the wrong book. They are, they are reading the wrong book. All that they are reading, none of it will come in the exam. But they are hardworking. Are they not? That's where your own is different. Because you are a child of God. God will guide you. God will direct you. There is nothing to be afraid of. Because the living God the God of heaven and earth is your God. He said, call unto me. I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things without knowing not. It's not only for students. It's for uh, IT people too. Abisa. For IT people too. You are thinking of that code. You want to put A and you keep pressing B. Do you know that you can make a mistake and make a discovery? True or false? True. You can make a mistake and you hit on a discovery. And they will say you are a genius. There is something called an excellent spirit from the throne of grace. Receive it in Jesus' name. I said receive it in Jesus' name. It, it is that excellent spirit that set Daniel apart. All he was eating with his brethren was beans. Common beans. There was no meat in it all. Like some of us, how can you give me beans without meat? Some husbands are forced with their wives because of that. See, I, imagine, Pastor, she gave me beans without meat. Uh -uh, this woman is wicked. <laughs> Daniel said, Give me beans, don't put meat. I want just beans. And God prospered him. God will prosper you. Amen. The excellent spirit of God will find you, Amen. His excellent spirit will locate you. Amen. Restoration is initiated by who? God. We'll continue next week.